buying behavior has changed. Prospects don't click on links and emails anymore, and they don't watch the videos you spend hours creating every week. Instead, send personalized gifts and memes using Vidyu. You can quickly create engaging, personalized content that immediately grabs your prospect's attention, helps you stand out in the inbox, and does it all without forcing them to click anything or go anywhere. Head over to vidyou.io slash salescast to sign up for free and spend less time getting your messages across and more time selling. Welcome to The Sales Hustle, the only no BS podcast where we bring you the real, raw, uncut experiences from sales change makers across various industries. The only place where you can get what you're looking for to up your sales game. Today's episode is brought to you by SalesCast. SalesCast helps sales professionals transform the relationship building process and win their dream clients. I'm your host, Colin Mitchell. What is happening, sales hustlers? Welcome to another episode. I've got a guest that I'm excited to bring on today. And I'm going to be talking with Nancy Medoff, a global persuasion and influence expert who teaches professionals how to communicate their value when the stakes are high. Nancy, welcome to Sales Hustle. How are you doing? I'm awesome. How are you? I'm awesome and caffeinated too, FYI. Highly caffeinated. I know. I know. I could tell when we hopped on and started planning, you were like ready to go. You're like, stop talking. Let's go. Hit record. Oh. Let's do it. So I know that we are going to have a ton of fun talking about some topics. But before we get into the good stuff, just give us the short version of your sales story. Sure. So I was in corporate sales for 30 years. I left about four years ago, I think, to start mm-hmm. my own firm. And I do exactly what you just mentioned. I teach professionals how to communicate their value when the stakes are high. So as we know, that's a lot of selling. So it could be selling mm. themselves, building their business, getting a higher salary, whatever the case may be. That's my life's work, and that's what I've been doing for the past four years or so. Mm. Okay, awesome. Tell me about selling yourself. Why is well, that important? Yeah, I mean, well, that you're always selling yourself. So to me, that is about positioning. If you think about it, and you're a former sales guy, if you are a current sales guy, if you think about how much time you spend uh, preparing for clients, how many times you, how many hours mm-hmm. you spend on presentations, hours and hours and hours and, and weeks and months, um, and how, then think about how much time you spend presenting yourself. And whenever I ask people that in a keynote or in a, in a training session, all the salespeople just kind of get this smirk on their face because they don't. I mean, I would spend hours and hire slide polishers and run my, my pitches by people and do all that kinds of stuff for my product, but never for myself. So my my belief is that you should be doing that for yourself and, and you should be doing it fairly often. Yeah, no, I totally agree. Uh, I recently uh, interviewed Mark Hunter and he said the most important person you ever sell is you. Exactly, exactly. And yep. so most people don't realize that like that is the most important person to sell because mindset and confidence are so important. Like skill and everything else that you do are if you don't have that, none of that other stuff matters. Well, I'll tell you an interesting statistic, actually, because um, I do a lot of work around confidence and confidence in women. Underconfident negotiators are only successful 25% of the time. So think about it. If you're going into a sale and you are you lack confidence, you're going to get the sale 25% of the time. And as a sales leader, I mean, that's that's horrific. 
So, um, yes, and confidence is a skill. It can be learned. It can be improved upon. And, and yes, 100%, you got to work on yourself. Mm, Okay. And so we talked about something that uh, before we hit record here. And so tell me a little bit, like, if you love what you do and you believe in selling, you know, it doesn't feel like selling. So let's, let's dig into that. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And I didn't even plan to say that. I just said it because I was thinking this morning about what we might talk about. And I was thinking about some yeah. of my old sales and my best sales and my worst sales and yeah. all of that. And at the end of the day, and at the end of the day, I, I just realized that you got to love what you're doing and believe in what you're doing. And if you are and you do and you're authentic, you'll always get the sale. I mean, I cannot remember any sale that I lost where I gave it my all and I believed in it 100%. Any, any, any sale I lost, it was I didn't believe in the product or I didn't believe in the people or I just wasn't into it. So, mm. uh, you know, it, it, it's particularly, particularly if you're a career salesperson, I would, don't go work for a company that you don't love their product because you, you won't succeed. I mean, you might succeed a little bit in the beginning, but you won't be authentic. You won't love it. It'll eat away at your soul. And that's not, nobody wants to live like that. Yeah. And there's a certain, I mean, you might have some level of success depending on what that looks like for you, but you're most likely going to hit some sort of ceiling where, you know, you're not feeling great about what you're Mm -hmm. doing. And then, you know, then there goes the confidence and everything else. And then you're in that 25% success rate that you mentioned. Yeah. Yeah. I learned that the hard way. I, I, um, I, I left a company that I was with for many, many years and went to go work for another company. And I, I never loved what we were selling. I never loved how we sold it. And I led a team and just didn't love what we were doing. And it was, it, it was horrific. I finally just came home one day and said, I, I, I can't do this anymore. And I resigned the next day. I just, I couldn't do it. Mm, On the flip side, for, yeah. Whoop, sorry. Yeah, yeah. There's definitely people that sit on, different sides of the fence with this topic. I know that for sure. There's some people that think this is not important, doesn't matter. Um, But what would you say to the folks that like maybe are in that camp? Like, why does this matter so much? I would say they're full of shit and they're selling their soul. (laughs) So if if you want to Which some people might be okay with. And that's fine. And that's great. If you want to live a life where you are authentic only at home or authentic Mm. never, or, you know, chasing the dollar and you have your jet and your Bentley or whatever it is that anybody can make money. Anybody can make money. I would argue that you can make money doing what you love. So why not do that? Yeah. But, yeah. And I, I know this firsthand experience, my first sales job, I didn't love what I was doing. Didn't love the team that I was you know with. I got, I wouldn't even call it training. It was a very right. you know, commission breath script, treat people very transactionally. Close right. them, close yep. them, change the subject, yep. close them again. If you don't close them, get a commitment or you suck. You know, it was like that sort of right. environment. Um, and, you know, but I, I, it was my first job. I was young. Like I learned some good habits too, like good old fashioned, just hard work, like hitting the phones, like, right. you know, dealing with, right. you know, a lot of no's. Like there's a yep. lot of good things that I learned in that experience, but it only took me so far until I really didn't feel great about what I was doing. Um, and things changed for me when I really started to put people first and not treat them so transactionally. And even then I didn't totally love what I was selling, but I feel good about what I was doing. So I would say 
if you didn't love what you were selling, you probably left, right? I mean, absolutely, right, absolutely, right, right. yeah. Right. So now, you know, now I do. I love what I do, and you're right. Like it doesn't feel like selling. You know, right. selling is more like serving, like helping people. You know, and and it feels good, and it's much more fulfilling, and it's much more sustainable. Awesome. And there's no there's no cap, there's no ceiling, there's no limit to what you can do. Right. And people want to be around that kind of energy. You know, if you love what you do, you have that energy. And I'm not, you know, I'm not talking about your colors and your chakras and all that stuff. I'm just talking about your general energy. If you love what you're doing, you're going to be excited about it. And other people, people want to come along with you. So it's, it's just, I, I, I believe, I just really believe that. People know when you believe in what you do and you're passionate about it and you you have a certain level of confidence that you can't fake. Agreed. Totally agree. Totally agree. Yeah. All right. So I, I want to talk a little bit. Uh, you have a book coming out. I so do. Tell us about the book. I mean, okay, can, I'll talk about it. Yeah, just full, full on shameless plug. Like what can people expect in the book? And let's sure. dig into some of the, like, let's, let's like give us some little, you know, appetizers of, of what's in there and let's dig Great. into some of that stuff. Yeah. So the book is called speak up to stand out. It is a business handbook. It's, it's geared for women, but men obviously can read it and would benefit from it, but it's for people who want to get and keep their seat at the table. So for the past four or five years, my training has really focused on persuasion and how to be more persuasive in your communication. There are three principles of persuasion that I cover in the book, and, I, and I'm happy to talk about them in a second right here. So I mm-hmm. talk about um, how to speak up, how to stand out, and then particularly for women, how to step up and how mm. to get your seat at the table rather than, um, you know, sit in the background and commiserate with other women about how you don't have a seat at the table. So I think you need to go out and get it. Um, that's a bold so that's, statement. Uh, it is a bold statement. and. And it's a bold statement that comes, it doesn't sound like it, but it comes from a p- place of love. Um, I've trained women all over the world. Last week was International Women's Week. I spoke with women in Bahrain, um, Boston, Sydney, lo- locally, all over the world I spoke with women. And the message was the same, that there is a wave. The wave is here. And mm-hmm. I believe that right now the time has never been better to be a woman in business and that women need to ride the wave and start walking through the doors that are being opened for them, hundred wow, percent. Okay. And then this book so, helps. So it is bold, but you have you you have uh, you're the right person, and 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 with your experience, you have the permission to say something like that. Well, I would hope so because I said it, <laughs> <laughs> so I, I hope I do. Um, yeah, and and it's it's actually interesting, Colin, because that was a shift up until probably I don't know, maybe a few months ago. I was just pro-female, pro-female, pro-female. Let's get women a seat at the table. Let's let's shorten the, the gender wage gap. Why are there only, you know, 7, 7% of female CEOs in Fortune 100 companies? The whole thing, which is very, very important, and it is a very real problem. It's only been over the past few months that I've really been listening to some other women that I've been speaking with, or either on panels with or interacting with, and I keep hearing them go backwards. And what we are not doing ourselves any favor as women by looking backwards. We have to look forward. Mm. And I think all right. about all the all the male sponsors that I've had and the males that have helped me in my career. And you know, I have a friend I just helped interview, and she just got promoted two levels two levels up in a big corporation. And it was a male 
executive who came to her and said, you, you can do this job. You need to go for this job. So I think, I think we need to stop bashing the men and, and really start moving forward and, and, and walking through the doors. Awesome. So I love all of that. And I want to get into the, the topics in the book a little bit. Uh, but before you mentioned, you, you mentioned something about persuasion. Mm-hmm. And I know there's people that think, oh, persuasion's a bad thing, or why would you want to do that? So tell us why persuasion, how persuasion is not a bad thing and how it can be used and why it's important. Well, this is a sales podcast and selling is persuasion, right? Selling is influence and, and you persuade people all day, every day. It's, it's, not, it's not a bad thing. You can either use your power of persuasion for good or for evil. That's your mm-hmm. choice. So um, in the sales arena, you, you're, 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 if you say I'm persuading rather than I'm selling, depending on how you feel about either word, you'll, you'll feel differently about the, the approach. So I believe that anybody can be persuaded to do anything really within reason. Um, and there's actually, there's a process, there are skills, there are tools, there are strategies that work. And if you break it down and actually study those tools and use those tools, you'll be able to do it. No problem. And that's, that's what the book helps to do. Mm, Give us some, give us some context. What are some of these tools you're, you're, you're talking about here? So I'll give you the three principles of persuasion, according to Nancy Madoff. So the first is the rule of three and you may have heard of this. People remember things in threes. So if you look back over history, advertising, um, common phrases, they are always threes. Uh, and when mm-hmm. I and when I train people on this, I often pull out some really old advertisements of um, the Rice Krispie treats, Snap, Crackle, Pop. Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter who I am presenting to; everybody knows who that is, Snap, Crackle, mm-hmm. Pop. What they don't know is that that logo is a hundred years old, almost a hundred years old. So a hundred years later, everybody knows who Snap, Crackle, Pop is, and I really hope you know who they are, or my point will be moved. But. They are the little Rice Krispie treats that are that yeah. are part of the program. So Rice Krispie didn't say, let's do Snap, Crackle, Crackle, Pop, and Ping. And they didn't say, let's do Snap and Crackle. They said Snap, Crackle, Pop, because people there's an adult retention learning theory that people remember things in threes. So the way you use that to be persuasive in an interview, in a sales pitch, um, in a salary negotiation, what are the three points that you want your audience to understand? What are those three points? And then you tie everything back to those three points. So if you're giving a presentation, you should never, ever, ever have more than three topics in your agenda, ever. So if you have 12 things you want to say, bucket them into three things. Because if you if you show up at a presentation with 12 points, you're I can tell you right now, you're not going to be persuasive. You're not going to get the, the sale. So yeah. people remember things in threes. That, that's the first one. Did you want to dive deeper on that one before? Yeah, I no, I'm just thinking because I know I've definitely... Uh, failed at this before. There's moments where I've done presentations like I know I just overwhelmed them with too much. Three things. Like, and look, so if you overwhelm them, they remember nothing or they feel overwhelmed and they take no action. Yep. Yep. And you, you're actually helping them to remember. So if you look at your mug that you just picked up, which I know the audience can't see because it's a podcast, or you look at the sign beside, behind mm-hmm. you, three words. Three words. Look at Nike. Yeah. Just do it. Skittles. Taste yeah. the rainbow. Everywhere you look. Memorable advertising slogans or three words everywhere. Mm. All right. So sales hustlers, pay attention there. Are you overwhelming your prospects? Are you overwhelming them with too much information where they're not taking action? 
you might want to reconsider your your talk track or your sales deck or whatever you are that you, whatever you're using to have these conversations and boil it, boil it down to three important topics and then always recap and tie back to those when you wrap it up. Correct. Excellent. Ready for the next one? Ready. Give it to okay. us. Okay. So the next one is start with them. A lot of salespeople are excited about their products. That's a hard one for a lot of people. Isn't it? And particularly in an interview, but I'll, I'll get back to that in a second. We're salespeople. We're excited about our product or our service. We can't wait to tell you all about it. Um, that is the probably most fatal fatal mistake yeah. in a sale, which 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 the good salespeople know that already, or the successful people salespeople know that are, know that already. In an interview environment, <clears throat> when you when you're talking about what you bring to the position, just think about think about either the interviewer, the team, or the organization, and try to tie it back to the team. Um, mm. You know, here's how my my. 15 years of experience in digital will benefit the growth of the company or here's how my five experience, five years experience doing this will benefit you as my boss or whatever the case may be. So you always really want to start with the audience. And if you do that, you know, you know, when I, I remember in one of my recent um, sales leadership roles, I was VP of sales for a company. And when I went to look at their pitch decks, they all were, and this happens all the time. Us, 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 mm. us, us, nothing about the client. So I made everybody put in three slides in the beginning, what we heard, what we, what we think we heard, what we heard, and what do you think? So before they could even begin to start talking about what we were offering, the first deck said, okay, this is what we heard because we, we obviously had already talked with them a little bit. And yeah. I really, it was like pulling teeth, but every time I said, you guys, you have to put this in here because you have to at least acknowledge that you heard them and that you know mm-hmm. what's top of mind for your client. Yeah, and I think the reason that's hard for a lot of sellers is because it's 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 not it's not templated like it's different. It changes, right? Like it requires some extra work, but mm-hmm. like sales is not supposed to be easy. Like if you want the big wins, you got to put the work in. And so it's so important to like you're saying Nancy is to to make the conversation about them. Make sure that they know that you heard what they said or even ask more questions if you don't quite understand something. So many people miss the mark where they don't ask more questions because they're not totally clear on something because they don't want to seem like they're not, you know, like they didn't get it or they don't know. And, you know, you don't, they don't expect you to know. It should feel like more of a collaborative sort of conversation to see if it makes sense to work together or not rather than, you know, you listening and just kind of pitching them on your press play demo or sales deck that's templated, that's about you and nothing about them. So I love that. Exactly. And it's, it's also, if you don't start with them, it's a waste of time because you could have sat there for hours spewing features about your mm-hmm. product or your service and you could have been way off base. You know, it just, it takes literally five minutes to say, here's what we heard. Are we on track? Wait for them to nod and agree or, or whatever, and then move forward. And then you're getting yeah. a buy-in too. You're taking them along with you. Yeah, yeah, Which is and, great. And, and and let's say you're not using a deck if it's just a conversation or, or something like that. When they're when they get to the point where they're asking you what you do or how, you know how you can help them or that's when you know you've done it right because you've asked questions, you've made it about them, and they're now asking you to pitch because they want to hear what you got to say. Exactly, and that's that's the holy grail. Is is they they think they're driving the conversation and they're they're driving the sale, which is great. Mm-hmm. which is great. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Give us the next one. All right. The last one is my favorite. This I call, so what? And it's mm. that simple. 
And I use this in my keynotes. I use this in my training. So you can have the best product in the world. You can have the best service in the world. And you can have the best personal branding statement or positioning statement in the world. Mm -hmm. If you cannot articulate why it matters, then it's use. It really it's useless. So again, so I'm going to use an interview again, just because that's what I've been doing the most of lately because of everything that's been happening. You know, you can have the best three pillars or the best three points or whatever you want to bring your client or your prospect or your or your hiring manager back to, but you have to sell what? What is the business result? What is the benefit to the company? What is the the end result? How what has this resulted in in the past? So what? And we used to joke at my old company. We used to go through our decks for hours and just say so what? And if if every slide didn't answer the so what, it came out and it was it became somewhat of a of a joke amongst us. But now I use it, and there's a whole chapter in the in the book. So what? It really is that simple. So what are some of the things that you can just get rid of that are that are that are so what that you see? people using still so I, I think when people when people say um, I okay I'm gonna use an example of a golf club so buy my golf club because mm-hmm. it has a um, 360 de- degree loft and it weighs 15 milligrams and it has a graphite shaft or whatever. I haven't played golf in a couple of years, but I'm not a golfer, but it sounds like a great club. (laughs) Sounds like a great club. What are you going to buy it? Or are you going to say, or, or are you going to buy a club that says buy our club? You'll golf like a badass. You'll nail every drive. You'll come within, you know, however many feet of the, of the, of the Mm -hmm. pin. Uh, and you'll look like this, you know, with with an yeah. ad of, of somebody looking like a badass on the golf course. Right. So, so sales houses, the difference there in the in the golf club is the first description of the same club, right, is talking about the features and benefits. The second is talking about the result of what the club can give you or how it can make you feel. Yes. The so what is the result? Yeah. That's a better way to say it. Yeah. Yeah. The outcome. Yes. Which in in sales which is, is all they all, care, which is all they care about. Exactly, exactly. They don't care about what feature benefit you have. They care about what are you going to do for me. You know, it's interesting. I, I just five minutes ago, I got an email. I get a lot of emails, as I'm sure everybody does, soliciting for my for to to work to do whatever soliciting. And usually, they just get deleted, delete, delete, delete. Get them on mm-hmm. LinkedIn. Get them on the email. And this one was actually really good because. He made a connection to me. He mm-hmm. talked a little bit about his product. And then, boom, the third bullet was we did this, 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 and this, and we can do it for you. What's a good time mm-hmm. for you to work, to, to talk? I actually might call him. And I've never done yeah. that because yeah. it, he, he nailed it. He nailed it. It's, and, 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 and the interesting thing there is you get so many that are not done right. That when you, when, especially like somebody in sales, right? When you get one that is good, you're like, just out of respect, you're like, that was good. I might, I might actually give you some of my time because you stand out, right? And so there, there's opportunity to be different and stand out with these, with these type of frameworks um, and not be like everybody else in the inbox that does get deleted or every other call that people are receiving or every other LinkedIn DM that's, you know, four paragraphs long with a, right. with a, with a calendar link of a product that you're not even responsible for. Right. Exactly. Exactly. And I, I, I'm, I'm going to call them. I'm going to call them. I'll let you know how they make out. 
I'm curious, what, what do they solve? What, 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 what peaks your so interest? So it's actually, a, it's, a, it's a marketing slash brand building organization. So mm-hmm. I'll, I'll give you the example. He, I posted something on LinkedIn, I don't know, mm-hmm. yesterday. And he said, I really liked what you posted. It was an article I wrote called Say This, Not That. It's about how sometimes women in particular, but men as well, will self-sabotage themselves at work by how they say things and what they say. So it was just a quick little say this, say that. He said, I really liked it. I bet your clients love it. I'm impressed with your business and I really think that you could scale it. And he's right. And I'm looking to scale it. And then he gave me these examples and testimonials and I clicked, I clicked all the way through and, and I never do that. I never do that. So it was a marketing right. company that who knows? Yeah. And another thing too, is it's short and sweet to the point, right? Mm-hmm. Busy people don't have, if it looks like it's going to take too much time to read your message, forget it. It's in the trash. In the trash, yeah. in the spam box, you've ruined your credibility, no trust, your rapport's gone, good right. luck. Right. When I first started my sales consulting firm, I had a little email template response when people used to solicit me and it said, mm-hmm. thank you so much for your note. Um, unfortunately, I'm, I'm not really in the, you know, in the market for what you're selling, but I'd be happy to work with you on your sales approach and perhaps you can you know, find some increased closure, blah, 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 blah. So I would send it back and then it was funny, like a handful of people would keep responding to it. And I said, they're not even, they're not even reading this. They would say, well, can, well, can we talk? And I'm, it, they, they just weren't even responding to it. So it was just mass prospecting, mass email prospecting. And I used to get a chuckle out of it, but then I got just a little too busy to do that anymore. But it was fun. It was fun while I did yeah. it. Yeah. I, you know, the thing I love about that example is so many people get really caught up and hung up on like trying to be over personalized with the email. Right. And, you know, there's kind of an argument of like, uh, you know, there's some relevance there for you, which is why it piqued your interest, you know, but, but there wasn't like a super need to go into like doing a bunch of research on you and going in deep about the post and giving his thoughts, you know, it was just, it was, it, called something out that mm-hmm. caught your attention mm-hmm. and it resonated with you because of the relevance, which has now motivated you to take action. It, it, it did. And that, that doesn't happen very often. So we'll, we'll see how he makes out. Yeah. Now let's see if he can actually drive it home or, or maybe, maybe needs your help. Right. 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 <laughs> Either yeah. way it's a win for you. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. All right. So when is the book coming out? So the book is coming out probably early May. I'd like it to come out in time for Mother's Day and graduation. Um, and right now it's on Amazon. It's I have pre-sale right now on Amazon for the Kindle version, but there's going to be a soft cover and a hard cover. Um, and again, it's going to be called Speak Up to Stand Out. It's really just a it's a handbook for women who want to get and keep a seat at the table. But there's a yeah. lot of really great um, persuasion and branding and just general business communication skills in there, which I think anybody would benefit from. Yeah. Yeah. And you said it's good for men too, even just to kind of, there's things they can learn in there and, and, and also kind of get that perspective as well. Right. Yeah, absolutely. It's, it's really just, it's how to be more persuasive and how to, how to communicate more persuasively. That's really, that's really at the end of the day, what it's all about. All right. And is there going to be an audiobook? Cause I'm an audiobook guy. You know, it's interesting. I think there is. There's more the, more audiobook people these days just because convenience. Like, you know, for me, I like to listen to audiobooks and uh, it's hard for me to find time to like sit down and mm-hmm. read. There's still a lot of people that just they, they have to have a physical book. Then there's your 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 camp of Kindle people, right? Yep. With a digital book. 
but I think there's more and more people like myself that uh, that are, and I think the the traditional book people judge us audiobook people totally. a little bit. I do. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so, do you prefer when when the author is speaking, or do you not care? Absolutely. Really. Absolutely. Okay. All right. It's, well, I'm it feels weird when somebody else, and it feels you feel a little bit more connected to yeah, the author when you're sure. hearing them read the book. Yeah, you're like, yeah. you know. I think the difference is if it's non-author, then you're like, okay, that was a good book. Uh, like the book, learned a lot. But if the author's reading it, then you like the author. Exactly. connection to the author rather yeah. than just the book. Yeah. So I and think that's the difference. No one's going to be as passionate about what I'm writing about as I am. So I, I probably need to do it anyway. But yes, audiobook is coming. All right. Talk me There's the it. kick in the pants that you need to get there it There you go. Great. Nancy, thank you so much for coming on today. Really appreciate it. Enjoyed the conversation. Any final thoughts? You know, we're going to drop the link for the pre-sale book in in the show notes for everybody who's interested in that. Yeah. Anything else you want to share them? Where else can they find more about you and follow you? So they can hit me up on LinkedIn, Nancy Medoff, M-E-D-O-F as in Frank, F as in Frank. Um, I have a company called Athena Wise. It's all one word. Uh, the, mm-hmm. Athena, the goddess of wisdom and wise, all one word, dot com. Um, and honestly, hit me up on LinkedIn. Anybody that needs help with a sale, a salary negotiation, personal branding, anything, I am happy just to help people. I really am. I'm, I'm happy to set up a quick call, absolutely see how I can help. I actually had a client that called me last night because she was working on a negotiation with one of her clients. I love it. I love what I do, and I'm, and I'm happy to do it as much as possible. Awesome. Fantastic. We will drop your LinkedIn profile, the pre-order link for the book in the show notes. If you enjoyed today's episode, please write us a review, share it with your friends. And as always, we're listening for your feedback. Thank you for tuning in to this episode of Sales Hustle. Are you a sales professional looking to take your sales career to the next level? If the answer is yes, then I want you to go over to salescast.co. Check us out, and if you feel that you are ready, set up a time to talk with me and my co-founder, Chris. I'm your host, Colin Mitchell, and if you enjoyed this episode, feel free to leave us a review and share the podcast with your friends.